So we have everybody who wants to complain about how corrupt corporations are, but we're wearing Nike and we're drinking our Starbucks and we, and, but we just want to complain. We just want to say, no, they should be paying for more. They should be doing this. Then stop buying from them. That's what you have to do. Yeah. So stop going to Starbucks and go to the, you know, the, the immigrant who has his own coffee shop, who just got here five years ago and is working his butt off to make sure he can feed his family. Why don't you go there? Start spending your money there. That's the whole idea. Welcome back to another episode of PPK. We are back at it again for another episode that kind of will uh, require some some noggin, some brain power. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you got some sleep. Yeah, hopefully You're gonna you, need some. you ate your, your Wheaties or whatever it is you need to. Um, bring Amiko all the way in from Stoops. What's up, Meeks? I'm in my third setting in the third episode. This is now uh, my my room. That's my uh, roommate's bed. So it's, it's getting a little tough out here. <laughs> Someone tell Father Dave build me a studio or something. Let me get in where Scott Hahn gets in. Right. You need to just yeah hit up hit hit up Father Dave and let him know what's up. You gotta you gotta use that uh, nice Franciscan studio with the yeah, crew. With one the, day. Yeah, with the crew. Um, so yeah, I mean we're missing you here in our studio. We're trying to cr- like cram ourselves in just to kind of fit ourselves on camera. So um, as usual, um, we want to kick it over to Meeks for some inspiration. What are we talking about today, Meeks? Today is really about um, a little bit of like political philosophy, but just talking about a lot of subsidiarity, um, what the Catholic Church stands on with in regards of government and how much power they should have, and kind of our response to them and our own responsibilities and so i think on both sides people kind of expect the government to do too much and like kind of takes away from our responsibility and um yeah just gonna get into that yeah i I mean probably good timing too is you know we obviously approach an election year and important for us to one exercise our moral obligation by the way to to vote and to get out there and to um, vote on the issues that are, that are near and dear to the church's heart. So not uh, any specific candidate per se or political party line. Um, a lot of people out there, to be quite honest, allow their politics to inform their faith rather than allowing their faith to inform their politics. And I think that's part of the issue too is what, and again, I don't think we're going to do this topic, honestly, um, any justice that it deserves because there's a lot to it. As Miko mentioned, it's political philosophy. So you have to have a, a pretty good background and, and sound formation to some degree to talk about some of these things. But we're just going to kind of highlight. And, and Meeks, would you say it's it's along the lines of uh, the principles of uh, solidarity and subsidiarity that we're going to be kind of talking to? Yeah, mostly. Okay. So how do we want to get into this? Because there's a lot here. Um, maybe we can get into those concepts. Now, I'll, pr- I'll be putting this in the in some of the show notes and whatnot, but, you know, we're referring to as Catholics, we go to the catechism of the Catholic church. Um, and I'm also going to be referring to the compendium of the social doctrine, the teaching of the Catholic church on social teaching. This stuff's huge y'all. So um, we're only going to be referring to a little bit of it because there's a lot to it, but, um, where, where do you want to begin makes, uh, we can just start with, I think those definitions would be good. Okay. So if we, if we kind of talk about when we speak to solidarity, um, if you think about what Jesus said and, you know, when he was asked, what are the two greatest commandments? Love God, love neighbor. 
So if I was to simplify this, pull this from a scriptural perspective, it's really about our own personal responsibility and our personal obligation to care and love for all. So that's really, um, and we'll get into this a little bit more as we unpack it is, you know, where does that obligation responsibility lie on? It's not on the government um, necessarily, but we also, we all have a calling as faithful Christians, as disciples of Jesus to be able to care for uh, all. So when I think about the concept of subsidiarity, it's, and let me just go to, um, I'm going to read from the, the Catechism of the Social Doctrine of the Church. When we think about subsidiarity, it's the, the realm of civil society understood as the sum of the relationships between individuals and intermediate social groupings, which are the first relations to ar- relationships to arise and which come about thanks to the creative subjected, subjectivity of the citizen. So it's in its basic fundamental principle, it's really uh, obviously our interdependency on one another, but essentially taking care of things, if I was to simplify, can we have move with this one, um, at the level that it's most closest to. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me try to find the right one here in the catechism here. Um, but it's really, we don't need the federal government, somebody in D.C. taking care of local uh, stuff here mm-hmm. in the city of Modesto, for instance, right? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, turning towards the most immediate resource before going to the federal government. Mm-hmm. And that's really what's what's truly just is, you know, you don't want to strip um, the individual, then the family and the community of their responsibility and also of, um, of their um, their ability to care for one another and to care for themselves. Um, so I just think of you know, we've talked about, you know, as a country, um, as a world, the society is formed um, not by what the government says in, uh, per se, but a lot, you know, in a, in a virtuous society, it's based on virtue, the virtue of the individual. And so we think about what is true justice, the virtue of justice, and that is giving others what is their due. Mm-hmm. So if we think about the idea of giving others what, are their, what is their due based on what premise, and I think something that comes to mind for me as far as putting that simply is each and every person is created in the dignity and the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. And that comes with something that's super powerful. And so if we're giving someone their due through the lens of Christ's view of them, um, there's a responsibility for us. And we talk about, you know, solidarity and caring for one another and our duty to care for everyone. That's true justice, Mm -hmm. but also subsidiarity is, you know, not, stripping us of that responsibility and not um, blocking that duty of the immediate resource. So not going like this family is struggling, so it's the federal government's job to help. Well, there's a lot of um, levels to that that we're missing out of, and it also it can take away from our personal responsibility um, to look in a, in a more immediate sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, and we can get into... Um, this Pope Benedict quote, which is really good. It says, you know, solidarity is first and foremost sense of responsibility on the part of everyone with regard to everyone. And it cannot be therefore merely delegated to the state. So it's just that sense of like, we have things that we need to take care of first. And he also says, uh, unfortunately too much confidence was placed in those institutions as if they were able to deliver the desired objective automatically. In reality, institutions by themselves are not enough because integral human development 
is primarily a vocation and therefore it involves a free assumption of responsibility and the solidarity on the part of everyone. And the idea really is that today we have way too many people who put all of their livestock, all of their hopes and dreams into politicians essentially mm-hmm. and as long as the politician gets gets exactly what whatever platform you want or he gets the laws in place that you need then you feel like you've done your job as a citizen and that's the completely opposite the goal isn't to get whatever politician you want in just so that okay now we've established this guy's really going to promote the common good or he's putting in the order that i would like it's the idea like the job is within the family first and the job is in the, that community after that. And then it's with maybe your, um, some private companies, maybe there's private charities that you work with or something like that. That's the whole idea is that like when you help the poor, that's your job. So what Pope Benedict's saying is that like when you want the government to do all these things, they're robbing you of your responsibility and you're willingly giving it up. Right. So, so many of us want to have the government do all these things so that we don't have to. Right. And like, there's just this difference between like, I mean, like Joe Biden or whatever, all these, they're, they're not doing like, like the NBA for instance right now, their biggest thing is pushing to vote. That's all they care about right now. Everyone wearing vote t-shirts because that's just the biggest virtue we could have right now is voting. As if that's really, does that really change a whole lot of things in day-to-day life? There's a reason why our government is split into three branches. It's because so things can move slowly so that when we have these crazy passions and all these crazy things happening, like riots and all that stuff, things don't just flip like that. The idea is, in a republic, like I said before, I think, I don't know if it was Cicero or Aristotle or whatever, it's dependent on the virtue of its citizens. Mm. So the government should be allowing us, giving us the freedom to do our job, to hold our responsibilities. And so, you know, when the NBA keeps saying vote, it's just like, how about we start with the family first? How about that? What is, who, you know, what, what changes? I mean, Joe Biden's been in the Senate for 40 years. And so stop putting stock into these people that sit and they go and they murmur on a microphone talking good and so that you get your vote while at the end of the day your family's suffering because you don't want to take responsibility of what you're supposed to as a man or as a woman or whatever it is and so that's really the idea yeah i wanted to uh let me let me take a quote and i'm, I'm pulling this from that that um compendium of the social doctrine of the church which kind of struck me as we were preparing for this episode so it this is a quote which is actually a quote of a quote so it's pulling from um, uh, JP2's, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Pope Pius XI's encyclical letter. Um, and it, here's what it says. Just as it is gravely wrong to take from individuals what they can accomplish by their own initiative and industry and give it to the community. So let me just say that again. Just as it is gravely wrong to take from the individual what they can accomplish by their own initiative and industry and give it to the community. So also it is an injustice and at the same time, a grave evil and disturbance of right order to assign to a greater and higher association, what lesser and subordinate organizations can do. So to your point makes what we're saying is the, the job of, for instance, forming our youth, isn't the job of the state to educate my, my kids on faith and morals and virtue, they should support it. They should um, complement it, but they don't supplant it. And I think that's what we're seeing here is that with all these people virtue signaling out in the world, especially, you know, these um, struggling NBA stars, you know, who are just fighting to feed their families every single day. 
as uh, you know, their chefs are making their meals and they're getting massages and whatnot, um, promoting social justice, of course. Here, we're talking about what right, rightly belongs to the family, the fundamental cell of society. What Miko's saying is, that's when we talk about the common good, is that what we do in our home matters. We've been talking about this throughout even <coughs> PPK, the idea of priest, prophet, king, the idea of us owning up to our own responsibilities as it relates to our state in life. And the common good means that we're working towards true charity to our, our fellow brothers and sisters, not to a specific party, not to just a subset of people, but to everybody. So the idea of life, for instance, right? It's good that everybody lives. That's a good thing, right? That's the first um, uh, rule of natural uh, law is what? Self-preservation. Do good, avoid evil. I'm not going to do things that are going to um, put my life at risk. And I think that's where we, we, we struggle sometimes. But to your point, Meeks, when we think about that, that kind of struck me. It's not Pope Pius XI. The church is not saying that this is like an opinion. It's calling it a grave evil, evil and disturbance of right order to assign to a greater and higher association that which belongs to a subordinate organization. In this case, I don't need the government telling me how to raise my family unless I'm doing them harm. Right. That's when the, 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 the state or law enforcement would intervene is what? When we're going against natural law, natural order. That's when we start to say, oh, OK, um, this idea of democracy. I mean, matter of fact, let me just read the next line um, or further down this, because I think this is what was uh, also says. Here that subsidiarity understood in the positive sense as economic, institutional or judicial or judicial juridical sorry um, assistance offered to a lesser social enti entities entails a corresponding series of negative implications and this is where you pay attention that require the state to refrain from anything that would de facto restrict the existential space of the smaller essential cells of society their initiative freedom and responsibility must not be supplanted. So we talk about the smaller cells of society. We talk about the fundamental being the fundamental cell being the family that they should not be restricted their initiative, the freedom and the responsibility. So when we put all of that back up to this, we push it up to the government. The government becomes our God. The government becomes our, our teacher. The government becomes everything. And what are we really doing? I mean, the church is speaking to this. And so for the faithful Catholics out there, understand that if, if you're approaching politics in a way that gives more power to the state and to the government, you you don't understand the idea of solidarity and definitely subsidiarity. Well, I just think of that quote and, you know, the, the state shouldn't restrict the freedoms of smaller entities and communities, right? And I, I just think of, look at us in the church right now. Like we're restricted to exercise our freedom of religion to, to worship. Um, and it's, in, with their standards that can change whenever. Mm -hmm. um, and to there's a part of me that kind of steps back and you think about where we have gone in society and you get what you pay for. Yeah. Right? Like this is, you've done it. You've abdicated. You've pretty much given up your right to support your family. Marriage doesn't mean anything. Family is, could be whatever it is you want it to be. There's no personal responsibility. It's easier for the federal government to give you handouts. So this is what you pay for. If you don't, and then not only that, like you talked about, Dad, it's the government's job to 
maintain the boundaries, but it's not the, the government's job to create the boundaries. Mm-hmm. God's the only one that creates, you know, and, mm-hmm. and as far as this is, this is why there's a natural moral law. And it's, you know, at one point the country did believe in just obtaining that and, and or maintaining that mm-hmm. and protecting it, not creating and deciding who's the arbiter of truth and, and playing God. No, there's a part where it was, you know, these are God given rights and we're going to protect those. And I think there's this idea that one, we got rid of natural law because we've got rid of God. And when that happens, who becomes your God? It's the government. And that's just the grave evil that I think the, ch- the church is talking, or, you know, the church teaching is talking about. It's, that it's not the government's job to be God. It starts with your responsibility to teach your children first who God is, what is right, what is wrong. And then you go to the school and they're supposed to uphold and support that. But it's not the school's job to raise your kids, just like it's not the church's job to teach your kid morality because it starts at the home. And I think there's this natural tendency to where, well, I'm not going to raise my kids because school is going to teach them what they need to be taught. And I'm going to go drop them off at catechism. Then they're going to learn what is right and wrong. And then I'm just going to sit there and wait for them to graduate and wonder why they don't practice their faith and they're empty and alone and doing things they shouldn't do. And now our relationship is broken. And where am I at now? Mm hmm. Yeah, I got two things I wanted to add. I think one is the fact that the government has, for a long time, I mean, just naturally, it's going to overreach, no matter how much, like even back then. So, I mean, obviously, if you guys actually learned um, real history, and you learned about the government, and what it was supposed to do, and the idea that like it was supposed to be as limited as possible. I don't think George Washington even wanted political parties because he knew how, how much, how, how power hungry that gets. There's a lot of things that, you know, you're not going to hear now because... All, there's a bunch of white slave owners, but the idea is that those are those are flawed human beings, yes, who didn't always practice it out, but their political philosophy was pretty dang sound in the idea that, like, it's built on us. We just, we, like, the government is only there to protect these God-given rights. That's what the real basis should have been. Mm-hmm. And so you have people, like, you have things like three-fifths compromise. You're, the government, it's not jobs to decide who is a fool man and who isn't. We all have human dignity, so they overreach then. And then you have Roe v. Wade, they're overreaching again. They get to decide, no, 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 this is really a lie, but then this isn't, this is fetus, or whatever you want to do. And they want to, some, and the justices all want to somehow word it in a way where this is actually protected on the Constitution. All this stuff where we want to wa- overreach instead of putting the government in its place and saying, here's, here's our God-given rights, and you protect those. The rest, you know, make sure we have cops and we have firefighters and we have, we have all this stuff. The rest is what we should be doing. And on a lot of that is on us. It's on like some of these, a lot of these laws that are put into place are based off the virtue of its citizens. So the only reason why I was, t- I was talking to you guys earlier, Roe v. Wade became a thing because that was a court case. And that was a court case because we as citizens lost the idea of what sex and marriage and the union between man and woman is supposed to be. So it took us for that, then for it to go to the government and the government deciding, well, I'm looking out at everyone. This seems like what everyone wants to see. This is this seems like the new trend. This seems like this is right. And then they follow it. Gay marriage, same thing. So it, if we were doing our job in the first place in the family and as individual citizens and communities and in the church and all these other th- all these organizations that have nothing to do with some guy typing or doing whatever he's doing or some political lobbyist, all these stuff that our nonsense jobs that we don't need. If we did those jobs, then we wouldn't have to be in this place. So if we just kind of understood that, then our politicians who come up wouldn't be trying to get all this. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. 
And then now it seems like we have a whole sect of Catholics who think that we should grow up more because it's, it's the government's responsibility. It's the rich of the rich. It's their responsibility to feed the poor. It's not mine because mm-hmm. that makes me virtuous. It's more virtuous to take away from someone else so that I don't have to go feed them. It's just, it's been a mess. Yeah. Let me, let me go to just kind of segue into another quote mix because it kind of speaks to that as well. It says experience shows that the denial of subsidiarity, again, doing things at the appropriate level of which it should be dealt with. Experience shows that the denial of subsidiarity or its limitation in the name of alleged, alleged democratic uh, democratization or equality of all members of society limits and sometimes even destroys the spirit of freedom and initiative. So I'm going to read it again. I'll even put it up on the screen this time. Experience shows that the denial of subsidiarity or its limitation in the name of alleged democratization or equality of all members of society limits and sometimes even destroys the spirit of freedom and initiative. Right. So when you talk about those God given rights, right, the, of, of the life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, we talk about that. We are we are all responsible for that. And, and and honestly, that personal responsibility, again, to the common good. So in true charity, to love my neighbor, to love my brother and sister. Right. Um, and here we are in the name of demo- in the name of freedom, in the name of democracy, where now we put all this stock, as you said, makes on the government. And then what do we do? Votes can be bought, man. Right. Then the will becomes God. And so now uh, this whole idea of majority wins and, you know, the will of the people. When we look at our crazy world today, um, yeah, there's a lot of people out there. I don't want their will to come to, to fruition because it's not rooted in God. It's rooted in self. It's rooted in Marxism. It's rooted in big government or whatever it may be. It has nothing to do with growing in, in the moral virtue. It has nothing to do with the elevation or enhancement of all life, dignity of all human beings. It's just saying, well, this is my agenda. This is my ideology. And now you're I'm going to shove it down your throat. Or I'm going to get rid of you. Right. There's no common good in that. There's no freedom in that. There's no initiative in that. It's just one ideology that, that takes over because it's, you know, survival of the fittest of that at that point. I think something yeah, that okay. people, people forget is like, when you think of a big institution, it's made up of an individual, of individuals, right? We think about, you know, Father Chad Ripperger talked about the state of the church right now. And we talk about the corruption in the church. We talk about priests who aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and how it hurts our hearts as faithful because of abuse scandals or corruption or, you know, them not standing up for us and, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever they're doing, right? And it hurts. And Father Chad just said something like, you know, if you want better priests, be a better Catholic. And and because I think people forget like that priest was raised in the family that you're all promoting. And so he's going to grow up with the values that society is promoting. And so why are you surprised that when he gets this role, this duty, he's not upholding it? Because all the values that are pressed within the family and in society are not upholding the duties that he's supposed to be doing. Same thing goes for the government. Where is society going with morality? Where is society going with God, God given right, the dignity of the human person? It's gone. So what what makes you think that some guy who goes to law school and and then ends up, you know, having a role in politics and now he has his power that all of a sudden he's going to be virtuous? Why are you surprised? Because it's it starts with the family. It starts with the smaller entities that the the, um, social Catholic social teaching talks about. It starts with the social teaching and. 
this, like you said, the, the microcosm or the fundamental cell of society is the family because every individual within these institutions that you're, you know, counting, banking your life on was raised in the families that you guys are all, uh, everyone, and we have a part in too, are supporting. And so if we're not, if we're not sitting there fighting for the dignity of the family and bringing family back to what it was called to be, then why, why would you be surprised that these institutions are failing us? But I think there's this, this deception that, well, what, what that means is we need bigger, we need more. And it's like, well, that just, that's just more broken individuals and you're giving them more power. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I think it was uh, William F. Buckley who said the issue with capitalism is some of the individuals and the issue with socialism is, socialism is socialism, like that idea itself. And so the issue that we have in the free market is all really within the individuals ourselves. So we have everybody who wants to complain about how corrupt corporations are, but we're wearing Nike and we're drinking our Starbucks and we, and, but we just want to complain. We just want to say, no, they should be paying for more. They should be doing this. Then stop buying from them. That's what you have to do. So stop going to Starbucks and go to the, you know, the, the immigrant who has his own coffee shop, who just got here five years ago and is working his butt off to make sure he can feed his family. Why don't you go there? Start spending your money there. That's the whole idea. Like it has to be, we have to understand that we are waiting for some reason for the government to like promote ethically sound and enforce all these rules and make sure we meet diversity quotes and this and that when you have the freedom to purchase what you want. Instead, we're trying to give that up and to say, no, you decide for us. No, how about we just do that? So, you know, and behind the swoosh, there's a film in like the 1990s, I guess. And they saw that people working that were in the factories of, um, for Nike overseas, we're making like one twenty-five a day in U.S. dollars, living by sewers, sharing all these toilet, like mold, like five, ten families sharing the same toilet, all this stuff that they were living in. And what do we complain about exactly? Yeah. We don't have the power to fix that. We can't stop purchasing from them. Like this idea that like all of a sudden we forgot that we have the freedom to make these decisions. So if we know that someone's unethically doing something, or they're abusing, or they're greedy, that we can just stop buying from them. Or are we too lazy to do that? And then we say, no, 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 here's my responsibility, government. You take it. You take them down. Now, how about you do that? How about that? How about we just start like using our brains and growing a pair in order to say, like, no, I actually have a responsibility to make sure that I, my money is going to something that's actually morally and ethically right. Or my money's going somewhere. Or I'm putting my time to this charity or this charity. It's like this whole idea is just nonsense. And I'm just really tired of having a lot of Catholics and Christians just want to put everything that they can into, or the NBA or whoever, into vote, 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 vote. How about you just do your job as a Christian? Mm-hmm. And it's like a lot of Judas says, you know, like, oh, why, why are you pouring this oil? We could put it to the poor. It's just, like, stop. How about you do that yeah. then? I mean, you know, why you always want, always want to point up is that they're not doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, interesting. He's going back to, I mean, a lot of what we're talking about and why we surprise mentality and I think about the look about the educators out there, right? Um, back in my day, if I if there was an issue with me in class, you you think my parents didn't didn't blame the school? They blame me, right? Now look at today. Whose fault is it if your kid isn't um, passing? It's the teacher's fault. And it's funny because you know you look at teachers. I mean, they can be the they're like the one of the kind of the most liberal group when you think about, especially in California, like the teachers association but i'm like you guys are driven mad every single day because you have people who lack personal responsibility 
families and parents who aren't raising and teaching their kids to actually respect authority, to actually take personal responsibility, to actually do their work, to shut their piles and do their homework and to listen to what the teacher has to say. And then the very, in the very same vein, they're saying, well, no, it's your fault. It's the church's fault. My kids didn't keep the faith. The homily wasn't nice. You know, you're not teaching them anything at home about what the sacraments, what uh, the real presence. When we know, we know what we think about the real presence as a, as a church, as Keone pointed out, you think about the priests and religious that we do get, they're all catering to this aloof, indifferent, poorly formed, um, just broken idea of Catholicism. Because, you know, I'm not even going to necessarily worry about the other other denominations of faith. I'm like, to your point, Meeks, the things that fire me up the most is like, this is, um, we're speaking from Catholic teaching, right? They're saying we're not, we should not put the government in the position that they kind of already are. And yet we got all kinds of Catholics out there that are doing what, you know, they're all up in the Kool-Aid. They, they, they are, they are swimming, drinking, drowning in the Kool-Aid right now. And it's just like, you, you don't even understand your faith and you're not spending any time about it because why? Because your politics inform your faith. You have zero idea about your faith informing your politics. Yeah. I was just like, just to put it in a relational perspective, like, you know, and all of us probably have these encounters before when we are meeting someone, let's say he was interested in joining the faith, right? We want, we want them to start making these changes, right? And we can get fired up. Like, dude, this dude's about to join. They're interested in the church. Like, let's do this. And you almost start making decisions for them out of, and you can tell yourself it's, you know, I want them to be better. I got to push them. But a lot of it is pride. You're saying, you know, I'm going to be the one that's going to change them. And, and you have this, um, you have this image of them that you're pressing on them. And instead of allowing God to, um, to be the one that's truly transforming, you, you take that responsibility for them. And what that does, and the reason why, you know, when the social teaching talks about on the grave, like it's a grave matter is because that person has a responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not up to you. Because at the end of the day, that person has a soul and God has a plan for that person. And so when I, you know, the virtuous person who wants to convert is taking that away from someone, you're not giving them what they're due. Should you help them? Should you support them? Yes. But the moment it becomes a matter of pride. And so I just think of, now you think of it governmentally. When a family is struggling, you don't turn to the government because now you're taken away from the church. Now you're taken away from charities. Now you're taken away from the state. And, and you the local act, community, the local community, you take away from other people's responsibility. And I think th- you think of the level of the grave matter. Now they don't have, they're not able to do what they're, what their call is to do that, that immediate neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. There's that responsibility. And I think that's where a solidarity comes in mm-hmm. because you're having this um, recognition that I'm going to help them where I'm at. And if they can't help themselves, then, you know, God is calling us to help them. But I think we, we almost forfeit that. And we, and it's a level of pride where we think that we are, we think we're doing the right thing, right? The government, they're they're supposed to help you. What's wrong with you government? And it's like, no, that's just, that's just your pride Mm -hmm. because one, you don't want to change and it's just easier that way. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think it's, it's just a cause of reflection. Like, you know, when we talk about why do we want, you know, these big governments and, and people talking about why they want, you know, more power and, and, and all that, it's like, why do you really want that? And, and what is, what is scary about limited government? What is actually scary about the responsibility falling back on you? And that's the call we make every day. Mm-hmm. You have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the minute we give all the control straight to the government, 
you know, screw the, the, the family. We don't, you know, we don't need to talk to the, the church community or our local community or charity or state. We're going to go straight to the federal government. We're giving up our responsibility. And no wonder why, you know, parents are saying, well, I don't need to really raise my kids. No wonder why couples are saying, well, I don't really need to stick to my, uh, my covenant, my vows. My, yeah. My vows with my spouse. Um, and it goes on and on. And it's like, well, why, why are we surprised? Yeah. So yeah. go ahead, Meeks. I was just thinking like, you know, real life example of the government almost taking your, taking away your opportunities of virtue. And I think about like how, you know, sometimes we'll see a homeless guy and we're in California. So there's a, there's a lot of them and they're, they're on, they're on like an iPhone and you're just thinking, what in the world? How, how do they get an iPhone? And then that makes you feel like, well, why do I need to help this guy? This guy's got a nicer phone than half the people I know mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And then you start turning people against each other. And it's like, you know, cause then it's like, they're taking your tax money. They're deciding where that goes. And then you're going to be like, well, I don't want to help you. Mm-hmm. They're already, they're already taken away from me. What do I, what do I got to help you for? Mm-hmm. And so like, that's the idea. Like that's, that's what we're saying. It's taken away your responsibility. So instead of, me thinking immediately, like, let me get some, let me get some food for this guy. It becomes like, well, don't you already get enough help? This guy's got a phone. He's in my Starbucks charging his phone right now. Yeah. You know, we give him water, all this. And like, that's, that's the mindset that happens because that's, that's what they do. Cause the government decides that no, we are, we are the virtues. We are this. And we all hand up, you know, okay. Yeah, you're right. You know, you take that responsibility. And it's just unfortunate because and, you know, it's just like now we don't want to go out of our, I mean, how many people do you know, regular people that aren't in the faith, like actually actively go out and seek and do, you know, charity work or some of these other things or go help cousins or whoever build a home and do all these kind of things. It's just not a thing anymore. Community is lost because all, all that happens is the government. They control everything and we all feed into it. You know, you bring up a good point. If I think about California, right? So let's, we're, we're the fifth largest economy in the, in the world. We have the highest um, taxes. We have the highest um, cost of living in the in real estate property. And yet 50% of people who are unemployment right now are from California. Highest homeless rate here in California. Oh, man, we get taxed like crazy, huh? Uh, 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 the politicians here in California, taxes like crazy. And yet we have the highest unemployment rate. Half of the unemployment rate uh, or people on unemployment are from California. What? Um, and you're taxing us the most. Oh, we have the highest homeless rate. Oh yeah, but we got more tax dollars. So here we are giving our money to the state, to the state that wants to care for us and wants to help us out, help out the little guy. You ain't helping out the little guy. You're not doing anything to, to do it. So what ends up happening is, yeah, our people around us are suffering. And then like Meeks, like you said, we're turning on each other. Cause that's what we're saying is we're, we're getting taxed big time. We're looking at, just like you said, wait a minute, I don't know where that money's going to. I don't know what you're doing. You're already taking enough of my money. And guess what? And now you're in the streets and you're causing havoc and you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, our property taxes are, are going up, but yet the value of that property is going down. Yada, 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 because of everything that's going on in the streets. And I just think California is a perfect example where we've, the government is not only overreaching, we're giving all kinds of resources to it and they don't do anything about it. Yeah. I think the simplest takeaway from this episode is don't <laughs> expect virtue from an institution that's not made of virtuous people. Yeah. And again, why? Because that starts with a person. Mm-hmm. And so we're putting this, that we have this, I like this, um, this dream of what we think this entity is going to be made up of. And it's going to promote, you know, this utopian society. 
look at the individuals. What are they standing for? You can judge a tree by its fruits. And no one of, none of them are promoting, a lot of them are promoting virtue. They're not. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them aren't, and they're failing to. So why do you think that the institution at large is going to somehow magically have good fruit as its product? And it's like, it's, it starts at the most fundamental cell. So if you want a more virtuous institution, a more virtuous society, be a virtuous citizen. Start promoting virtue within your family. Start promoting virtue within your communities. And that, that at the fundamental level, now you have people growing into this virtuous society and then they take the level of responsibility of a priest, of a politician, of a teacher. And then they continue to foster the, the virtue and maintain the boundaries that are our God-given rights. And that's how you start rebuilding society. That's what solidarity and subsidiarity really is, is, is calling for. It's start at the fundamental level, build virtue. And so that over time, the virtuous people now hold office in these these uh, positions of power. So now we can rely on them in the area or in its, its, um, in its proportioned level of power. Yeah. Yeah. So you have good people that are trustworthy, but then also don't, they have limitations on what they can do and should do really. So, you know, Meeks, I want to, the way we kind of started this, I even want to end it and I'll just give you some last parting words, but is it, is that quote from Pope Benedict, right? He says, solidarity is first and foremost, a sense of responsibility on the part of everyone with regard to everyone. And it cannot therefore be merely dedicated to delegated to the state. It's putting things in the proper place that, and this is the whole point when we've talked about Marxism and communism is that what does it do? It roots out God and faith and replaces it with thyself. That's what it does with government, with dictatorship, with, um, you know, the majority will. And I think that's just the, the part that uh, we have to be cautious of is that if it's a society that's not rooted in virtue and true charity for one another and responsibility towards one another is going to turn in on itself. We see that today. Last parting words. Yeah. Please. Yeah. It's just like, don't come at us as, oh, you guys are libertarians. This and that. No, we're just Catholics. That's it. We're Catholics. We believe in ethical free markets. We believe in doing your job. We believe in the family. And I would just say, like, be careful how much power you want to give to that government because they can do something you like now. But given that power, and then 50 and 100 years, when it starts to flip on you, and you go, wait, wait, what happened? What happened? You gave them that power. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just make sure you're you're voting for the right person, or you're just doing your job? Uh, that'd be a lot nicer. And you realize like what stake you're putting into these people who we all just love and adore and are going to take us to the promised land of utopia. And it's just like start to be more cognizant and aware of those choices you're making, especially as a Catholic, because we are already at, I think 8% of people are now are practicing the 8% of Catholics are practicing the faith. So, I mean, we just don't need any more, uh, posers, I guess you could say. <laughs> fake ones, fake ones. Uh, yeah, I would just echo that. I just think, you know, um, like I said, when I, we started this off, you know, your faith should inform your politics. And if your faith is, is, uh, you know, malformed or weak, then just don't call yourself Catholic or don't call yourself faithful. Just call it what it is. Right. Um, we vote on principles that are according to God's plan and God's law. We don't vote on parties. We don't vote on people. We don't vote on who um, is more hip and cool and playing the latest jams or talking like me um, because I'm hip. You know what I mean? No, what I want is somebody who stands for God and stands for um, the love of God towards all people. Um, and there's a way that that goes about. And that is is b- built on virtue and holiness. And, you know, 
we just got to we got to do our part. And so I think if you didn't get the passion or the intensity from all of us on this one, you know, it gets it's a, a little bit challenging, folks. I mean, really, to our listeners out there, it's difficult right in these days. You know, we're there's so much uh, half truths and so much lies and darkness and really um, a lot of just misinformed, um, ignorant people out there um, that people that have a huge platform that are misleading a lot of people. And all we're trying to do is challenge you to think for yourself, as we've always said on PBK, think for yourself, use right reasoning and put it into action. And therefore um, our vote won't mean as much if we're not doing the work at home. If you're doing the work at home, it's just trans, it just translates into a vote that's going to be meaningful and long lasting. And I'm sorry, the way that our governments are up and down and the way that we are just sinful people, there's no way on this side of heaven that I'm going to put all my stock in a, in a man-made institution. You know, it's on God. So Meeks last thing. Just like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. Shout out to, to, uh, to uh, Gracia, who's been a trooper and her husband, Sergio. Matter of fact, Meeks, you ran into him this, uh, this weekend at mass. And, uh, you know, they were both of them kids and young family. Um, so big, big shout out to Gracia. You're commenting not on just on PPK, but some of the other podcasts. And we appreciate you and Sergio. And more than anything, we appreciate you raising a good Catholic family and, and doing doing things right. So um, just, you know, as we conclude here, we want to encourage all of you to continue to let us know what you want to hear about. More than anything, I know we're intense. We're passionate about certain things, but we want you to know that Jesus Christ is king. He's victorious. And we're not just citizens of the United States of America or wherever you are, but we're citizens of heaven. So let's act like it. Okay. And until then, let's get holy or die trying. Peace. <laughs>